This week on Erotic Awakening, daddy-girl relationships, sensual domination, and knife play for the blind. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As As well well as as simply simply fun kink. kink. You'll find topics on these shows and more at eroticawakeningpodcastnetwork.com. You can now purchase books by Dan and Dawn as well as Kinkstarter cards online. Head over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link to buy Dan and Dawn. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. We're tired on this one. There we was just, a. We just had a fantastic nap. I am energized and ready to go. Are you? I am not. I well, could go right back to sleep. You need to be energized and ready to go because I don't even understand this question of the day. Really? So, question of the day, uh, and we'll get into a question of the day quickly about sensual domination. We are going to talk about um, daddy-girl relationships, which we have a wonderful interview to share with you from uh, the fabulous... Uh, DJ and Angie from mm-hmm. the Utah, who right. we just spent some wonderful time with. And then we are going to get into some a variety of little bits that we've been meaning to get into, including um, some really interesting stuff related to our, 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 our sponsor nice. and other stuff as well. Cool. We do. We've got like three pages of notes here. <laughs> just looking so at that. We keep catching up on little things, but not all of it. So it keeps building up. But, um, cool. Do you want to start with the question of the day? Yes. So I don't quite understand. Uh, I, didn't, I haven't read it lately, so maybe it's a lot clearer than I think it is. Okay. Our question of the day says, uh, this was from the Crazy Hatter, who asks if the sensual humiliation and sensual domination are the same thing. And they say they are under the impression that sensual domination would not typically consist of heavy or intense impact play. Thus... Would the aftercare for sensual domination be similar to that of sensual humiliation? Huh. So, yeah, I read it the first time and and I was like, well, I'm not really sure how to answer that because I haven't heard of sensual domination before. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but I can kind of guess what it is. And I'm not exactly sure. I mean, would you think sensual domination doesn't involve impact play? I would say that sensual domination here, what they're meaning is they're meaning more sensual topping. Okay, Central yeah. doming. Yeah, At first, I was thrown off by the term domination as a power exchange sort of thing. Right. But no, no, I, I believe I that we're top- talking here about, about sensual topping. topping. Okay, so I get that. So <clears throat> you've got sensual humiliation and sensual domination, which is really dominating in a scene, mm-hmm. not dominating in a power exchange relationship. Right. So, and I would say that the aftercare would still be different. To me, sensual humiliation and sensual humiliation is a lot of head play mm-hmm. and a lot of edge play with head play. Right. So the aftercare is going to be a little more intense and maybe not the usual 10, 20 minutes that we would give another scene. Mm-hmm. Whereas sensual domination, okay, so now I'm picturing bunny fur, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that in a scene and not impact play, but more of a, a sensory sort of play or it could well be you've got your bottom tied up and you're uh doing some edge play you know getting them close to having an orgasm and backing off and that mm-hmm. kind of thing that's great central domination um yeah but it's still physical to me mm-hmm. i mean you're still gonna have the chemical oh, yeah, yeah. release of endorphins and stuff but it's still yeah that, still, I, I, no i, I totally agree that, yeah. that's where our key difference to me is our central domination are more on the physical as you said central humiliation although it may require 
physical acts, it is driven by the mental state. Right, right. So the mental, emotional state. So so more more of the head play. So I think the aftercare is just different. We'll be covering this at, uh, where are we doing Aftercare Makes Me Wet? Chicago. Uh, Chicago at Kinky College. Right. In, so uh, very short, uh, just two just weeks. Just a couple of days. Well, no, this weekend coming up. So this Friday, we leave this Thursday night. Oh, April Fool's Day, we're at Kinky College. <laughs> so, yeah, so to me, aftercare for sensual humiliation, again, it could take, it could take days yeah. of aftercare. Or, so what do we know. do for sensual humiliation aftercare? For us, we don't recommend doing sensual humiliation play with someone that you don't know. Right. Right? It's not so much... Not, so valuable for pickup play mm-hmm. that would be for regular humiliation play that might make some more sense so so just but sensual humiliation play <clears throat> one of the things that we do is make sure that we do something normal afterwards mm-hmm. right so now that goes with the sensual humiliation sensual humiliation play or the slutty play which we tend to combine together often so, often so you know so it's more about Coming back to the present and doing something normal, which you can't do in like 10 or 20 minutes. Right. So for us, so to back up a little bit further, central humiliation versus humiliation play. If uh, I was, um, I push you down on the, the ground and I kick you and I spit on you and call you a filthy pig, mm-hmm. that's humiliation that's, play. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners probably going, well, that's just fucked up. But there are some no. people, that's what they dig. It's like a breakdown, degradation Humiliation play. Absolutely. For us, central humiliation is what we practice, and that's more along the lines of um, <laughs> if I grab you by the throat and I make you look at other people and admit how much you would like to suck their cocks or eat their pussies, or if I am um, doing some edging, you know, not letting you orgasm and saying, you know, you have to um, uh, beg to be fucked is great humiliation play. Mm-hmm. So that's sensual humiliation play mm-hmm. for us. And like you said, the, the aftercare for humiliation play, don't know, I don't do it. For sensual humiliation, a lot of it is just reestablishing, yes, we still have a romantic relation. In our case, we have a romantic relationship, we still have a loving relationship, and you as a human being are still valuable and worthy to me. So it is, like you said, we go do normal stuff. We go grocery shopping, we talk about finances, all the stuff we do on a normal basis but we do it together, and we do it in a loving matter, mm-hmm. manner. And and the other part of it is to let part of the aftercare is to let you know that I enjoyed it as much as you did. Mm-hmm. So we're essential domination. I'm picturing something taking place in a dungeon, though it doesn't have to, and you don't really have to know the other person, right? It can be pickup play. Although, it's just a style although, of play. I would say that a Sensual domination works better with the depth of connection between the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Though, it, like I said, I can still do it on pickup play. Sure. I've done it before. So, and then that means that the aftercare is either, I usually agree to it up front. Either it's them sitting with me for a little bit while I ground back out mm-hmm. or sending me to you mm-hmm. so that you can do the aftercare. So, but you're, again, you're grounding me out for a little bit. It takes 20 minutes. Yeah. 20, yeah. Although, um... And that's just, you know, your, your classic top of the iceberg aftercare. We're actually going to be mm-hmm. teaching a 75-minute class on aftercare um, in Chicago, in Chicago right. shortly. And actually how instead of it just being a period on the end of the scene, it mm-hmm. can, it's, the, it's an extension of the scene. Right, right. But for 
case of this podcast, Central Domination, the classic chocolate, water, snuggling, and on we go with our day. Yeah. So, awesome. Well, there you go. There's that question of the day. Hope that helped a little bit. If not, so feel free to write us back. Or if anybody in the audience has um, any questions or any thoughts to add to that, there are plenty of ways to get in contact with us. For example, Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com is the email address people mm-hmm. often use. Yeah, and people have been getting up with us on FetLife more. So that's Erotic Awakening, two words, and just look for the owners and that's how you FET mail us. Or you can always contact us in other ways or find out where we'll be presenting here past podcast episodes. A link to the newsletter for your shout outs and other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com. Nice. We don't have any new subscribers to the newsletter this time around, but that's okay. I will get March's newsletter out before the end of March, <laughs> which is in like good. four days. So it's been moving up the priority list, you know, to get it done before the month is over with. So. And although we have no subscribers to the newsletter, and no new entries in the uh, boobies on or food on boobs contest. Or, well, there's no real contest, but no. <laughs> there was a temporary no. guess what they were. And I, I believe we got them all right. Yes, Angie was very impressed. Actually, um, Little Raven. Yes, oh, who was, now has her own name on yes. the podcast. Good so I was very impressed that I had picked out her boobs. Yes. She didn't realize I'd been watching them all weekend. I know. <laughs> now she knows. And now she knows. So awesome. But you do have tentacle links that we have to share quickly. I do have tentacle links. So um, Kitty and Chip have been sending me links. They send me links all the time. But the one that really, he um, sent me a list of them. The one that really stuck out to me was the tentacle shower head. Mm-hmm. So that was cute. So little tentacles that <laughs> pop out in different directions. And although recently we did a uh, podcast on Zentai. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a Zentai Santa suit is. It is literally just, it looks like a Santa suit, but... It's Zentai, so your head's covered up, and so, yeah, <laughs> you're just covered from toe to head in red, so, and it's a Santa suit, so I, I'm still, I'm still not into the Zentai, so it makes me a little nervous, but, um, and then Sir Beast on FET just sent me a link to their, um, he said it was an article, but I followed the link, and it was more about wig pieces, so it's um, uh, octopus-shaped wig pieces, so that they've like made out of styrofoam and mm-hmm. then done a wig piece like over it. And then the tentacles are curls in the wig piece. Hmm. So it's, it's actually really kind of neat. I wouldn't mind having it for a steampunk outfit. So I just think that would be cute. Cool. Which would work in really well with PXS's sci-fi theme this year. Yes. Theme this year so. As you are listening to this podcast, you have about... Uh, just a few days to go buy your early bird tickets for Power Exchange Summit, the event that you and I run focused on Power Exchange relationships. Uh, you can get those over at powerexchangesummit.org. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have just picked our keynote speaker. We will officially announce that shortly, but uh, we will tell you, oh, podcast listeners, that it is the the headmistress mi- of the Wasatchel, Wasatch Academy for the Refinement <laughs> of Leather Men and Women. Yes. Uh, she's been running that for the past 12 years, is quite the renowned presenter, and is going to give us a fantastic keynote. Uh, and we're very happy that she accepted our offer to come out and chat with us, as well as uh, all of our classes, although the time's not quite right or decided on yet. All the classes are listed out on the website, including the brand new picked um, Why Power Exchange. 
why be a master-slave relationship from the perspective of a actual professional psychologist. Right, right. So, and that'll be that'll be amazing. So, um, and the schedule for the times of the classes should be up soon. So, like. Um, that's like one of the final things that we have to put together because there's so many moving parts mm-hmm. in putting an event together that that one is has such moving parts in it that it's hard to lock it down sometimes. You know, who needs a projector? Who needs this? What time can they present? So just a lot of moving parts. Um, so just going to throw that out there, but it should be on the schedule soon. And then I also wanted to throw out there that what we do with hotel rooms at PXS is that we reserve a block of them at a discounted rate for our attendees. And we still have some rooms left in our block. But once that block is gone, it's gone. The hotel is sold out. So there won't be any more rooms added to that block. So I highly suggest getting your ticket soon so that you can get the link to the block mm-hmm. so that you can get your hotel room. Very cool. Go do it. Yes. We have a ton of other great stuff to talk about on this particular show. As we mentioned, we have a lot of stuff going on. But I do want to mention that you can hear me all by my little lonesome over on Ropecast. I did a guest host spot on Grey Dancer's Ropecast about being in a long-term power exchange relationship, uh, how to do it, how to stay in. As you and I know, we've been in a power exchange for about 15 years now, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't see a lot of active peers um, that have had that kind of time. You hear people on FetLife all the time claim to have 30 right. years in a power exchange <laughs> relationship, but actually people that you can see and touch. So head over to Ropecast and check that out. So I'm rather happy with that stream of consciousness thing that I did for cool. them over there. I haven't listened to it yet, so I'll have to go listen to it. You know what else you should listen to? What's that? Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by The Cage. The Cage is a new home for BDSMers just like you. Get ready to make new friends and discover more about yourself in an encouraging and open environment. Don't miss the opportunity to be the very first to take place parts in this new and exciting platform for the international kink community. Visit us at thecage.co. Nice. And... If you want to find out more about The Cage, yes, I had a wonderful conversation with Eva, who is one of the community founders over there at The Cage, and I forget what her exact title is, so I'm going to pretend it's a community founder. Yeah, I like that. I've made up a new title for you, Eva. Congratulations. And uh, I did a, a nice, quick conversation with her. You will find that... Oh, I'll just shove it in here somewhere in this podcast. Oh, Nice. A random shove-in. <laughs> Those can be fun. Or not so much. I was just at a swing club Friday night. A random shove-in may not be so much fun. So, Don, apparently uh, we had Marco from the Netherlands right. And apparently in Nederlandisk. Nederlandisk? Sure. Uh, hello is Hello. Yeah, hi is hello. Though I showed it to somebody at Utah yes. who supposedly knows yes. how to speak in the Netherlands, and she said that wasn't true, so I don't know. And you know what? When I see hello, H-A-L-L-O, I think of a labyrinth, the little worm. Did you uh-huh. say hello? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, hello, but that's close enough. <laughs> and apparently in Dutch, the appropriate way to say uh, thank you is dank jul. Or, well, or like someone named Donk Jewel in Dutch wrote us to say thank you. I'm not clear. <laughs> Clearly, we do not speak any of these languages. 
Um, oh, we're so backwards. <laughs> so we also got... We're um, Americans. We're we speak American. American. <laughs> we speak American. No, um, we do not claim Trump. No. Yes, you can have him. <laughs> so we also got another random thing. Um, someone wrote me and said, I bought... Because t- we've been mailing out um, erotic uh, Kickstarter cards. We have been mailing out right an ass load of Kickstarter cards. And yeah. uh, she wrote me and said, I bought two decks, one for Billings and one for Cody, Wyoming. The members like them so much that three more decks have been bought by them. I've created monsters. I just thought you'd enjoy knowing that Erotic Awakening has helped bring kinky ideas to the Wild West Plains. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, <laughs> the Kingstarter cards went over quite well in the Utah as oh, well. absolutely. And we hardly, we barely brought enough of them. Um, we'll be bringing them again to Chicago, and we're still mailing them out. So that whole little blip at the beginning of the show that says you can buy Dan and Dawn. So head over to the website, and that's where you can get your deck. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got lost for a second. Yes. Um, as we are actually getting to the part where we shove in our inter- fantastic interview with DJ and Angie about daddy-girl relationships, um, I do want to mention the... Uh, so we were in Utah recently, mm-hmm. and we've already raved uh, to everybody who will listen uh-huh. about what a wonderful Absolutely. time we had. And one of the people that was there happened to be uh, blind. And I don't think you're supposed to be sight impaired because their sight was not impaired. They were just could not see whatsoever. And they were really a uh, neat person, longtime fan of the podcast. Actually, we just had to pause and discuss whether we should be using their name or not. And we decided not to. Even the name we know them by there. Uh, again, that's one of those podcast things. You have to have consent of people beforehand. But so the neat thing was, for me to recognize, I have never spent uh, a significant, and this means in this retreat, you're spending a great amount of time mm-hmm. with everybody, you're getting to know everybody, with somebody who was blind, and it was neat to start off to have a conversation, oh, what's it like to be blind in the, in the kink world, and this person actually said, a year from now, we're going to do an interview with them so they could actually tell us, because they're still fairly new to all this stuff, what it's like to be blind in a, the kink world. Um, but it was really interesting that we had the conversation about that, and then we just moved on. And then they were just a participant, just like everybody else was. Um, and it was neat for me personally to recognize that I had just never spent any time, that significant close amount of time with somebody who couldn't see. And it really made me look at a few things for myself, like my visual uh, my primary processing mode, as we talked about in sensual or uh, sacred, sacred sexuality, sensorama. is visual. So what would that be like when I can't see? Um, and for some reason, this turned it into a conversation about some skills and some things she had not experienced yet. And somehow this turned into the idea that somewhere we have a knife <laughs> scene that she and I have uh, talked about doing. Now, we're not real clear on who's going to top that scene. <laughs> I don't think we really discussed that to any great depth. I don't know. I think you teased her about being the top, though, because she would be mindful of what she's doing. Oh, absolutely. Right? She'd be very mindful. She wouldn't be able to see if she cut you. But, but I bet you. I, I assume. I bet she could tell. I assume that she could. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also, I'm a, rig, I'm a big pussy as far as being a bottom goes anyway. Right. I'm a big um, knife play pussy. So what we would probably do from that same weekend is do some kind of ritual BDSM around it. If I'm going to generate that much fear, I might as well put it to some use. (laughs) That makes sense. 
that makes sense. So, but um, yeah, we had some good good conversation with that, and there was something else that you teased her about. It was kind of neat that you got to the level of being able to tease her a little bit, and you know, she took it okay. So, and it wasn't that we were necessarily teasing her. Ha ha, you're blind because no, that'd no, be a dick thing. No. And the funny thing is, and I and part of me is a kind of. It's really interesting that it's just a small part of the story, right? Um, we met a wonder. So here's the, the key to all this, and, and we're presenting it poorly, but welcome to self-reflection. We met a wonderful person at the event right? who's a longtime listener, mm-hmm. and she's new to the community and hasn't experienced a lot of stuff, got to experience some stuff for the first time. Mm-hmm. Side note, she happens to not be able to see. Right. Right? And that's the actual story. But... I will tell you what, I start off the story with, hey, there's a person who can't see. That must be a challenge. And it's nice by the end of it. That's not who I think. I don't think of that blind girl anymore. I think of that nice human being that I met that happens to be a girl that apparently I'm going to do a knife scene with. And I, by the way, I would just assume, if you're listening, I would just assume top. So let's be clear about that. <laughs> um, and just so happens, oh, by the way, she can't see. Right. Meh. So, yes, had a good time with her, though. So that was that was a fun. That was just one of the amazing things about that event. So is is the people and, and the, yeah, just all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we could go on and on about, mm-hmm. uh, and we did, actually. Oh, people that happened to be at that event that might be listening. <laughs> we actually had a really nice time walking through each person we met. Yes. And thinking, oh, boy, it was really nice to meet so-and-so. Did you know that they blah, blah, blah. And it was really neat to interact with so-and-so and, uh, you know, we really enjoyed. What is what is that? It's like a debriefing. But we yeah. kind of we kind of did a debriefing the day after the event. But we went through everybody's everybody <laughs> because we met everybody. Yeah. Now even if um you know and spent time with most people. So even if we came across a name and said, oh, what about this person? It's like, well, you know, I can picture them. I know who they are, but I don't remember being around them a lot. Yeah. So and that could have been part of the debriefing, and then but. Every single person that was there, we had something to say about them yeah. and actually remember the names. Now, the and it problem- wasn't, and just to be clear, it wasn't mm-hmm. that we were judging each individual no, 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 person. No. We were saying, oh, hey, do you remember? Oh, that, yeah, I remember that person. That was really neat to do this thing with them. It was more of testing our memory because um, for me, I had given up a few years back of trying to remember everybody's names. So this time around, you had said, and I think we mentioned it on the last podcast, that we were going to try to remember everybody's mm-hmm. name. So I'm like, okay, I'll take that challenge too. And I was actually excited that I was able to do it. If you gave me a name right now, I can put a face with most of the names mm-hmm. so, that were there. And um, maybe even tell you a little bit something about them. So now we have Chicago coming up. And I'm like, okay, the challenge is on. Am I going to try this again? Right, and but we know we're not. 400 people. <laughs> yeah, probably You'll not. You'll have more people in less time and less... Mm-hmm. Interper- ne- less personal interactions. Right. For me, it wasn't so much as part of it was remembering names in our little debriefing thing, but part of it was more of a, that last hug, mm-hmm. even though they weren't there to receive yeah. it. You know, to take a look at um, a particular person and say, you know, this person said something really nice about uh, our book. Right. You know, as we were leaving. And I never even knew that they even read our book. Right. Or this person, by the way, at, by the time we left, this person gave me. When we first got there, this person gave me a very light hug. And by mm-hmm. the time we left, they gave me a very heartfelt hug. Mm-hmm. So little things like that. Yeah. 
Loved it. Loved it. That's not even on our show notes. It's not. So obviously we had a little bit more processing to do. So now another person that we came across, and I know we mentioned a little bit about this on the last episode. Another person that we came across, I just love the fact that um, they were the other presenter there. Mm-hmm. And they also do our music on the podcast. A little weird tie-in into <laughs> yes. the universe there. Yes. So yeah, quite correct. Um, so his Moonfire. Mm-hmm. Was there as one of the presenters uh-huh. as well. And, and she's part of Pocket, Pocket Universe, Universe. Okay. which happens to do a song called Whim, which is the song that is at the end of our podcast. With the whip cracks? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find them or uh, you can find the rest of their music if you are of a mind at Pocket Universe Music. Uh, but we.com, I believe it is. Uh, but it was really neat to, just to say, to say, oh, yeah, you know, remember like four years ago in Canada when we met and we said, mm-hmm. hey, can we use your this song for our podcast? To say, we're still using it. We're still using it. A couple hundred episodes later. A couple hundred episodes later, and we're up to, what, over a million downloads Two. at this point? Two, Two million, downloads. million downloads. So it's been, if people have listened to the end, if they've gotten beyond us and listened to the end, they have heard their music. So all over the world. So it's pretty amazing. So we have a ton of other stuff, but we're going to go ahead and uh, oh, no. stop now. <laughs> it's going to build up for next time. Yeah, it is going to build up for next time. We will be, again, uh, we will be at the Kinky College on April 1st. Mm-hmm. And that weekend, if you are a podcast listener, would like to hang out with us, uh, we actually do have plans. Don't forget. We do? We have um, dinner plans with somebody. Okay. And I, I will uh, Morse code blink their names at you. And you'll say, oh, yeah, we do. And we are also going to be having a conversation with uh, Rick from Leather Archives on a variety oh, of topics. I remember, yep. As well as uh, all kinds of classes and stuff that we're teaching. Oh, and we actually have a scene planned as well. Did you know that? No, I did not know you that. You did know that. You just I did? forgot. Okay. Right. <laughs> I knew that, sir. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, so that's that. But we do want to talk a little bit about this daddy-girl relationship. And we have this nice interview as we mentioned with DJ and Angie, coming up just as soon as I shut up. But uh, one of the things that we talk about in the interview is the daddy-girl relationship and, and the difference between what they talk about and Littles. Right. right. It's not age play with right. what they do. So it, it's not age play. It is... Um, archetype is the word that comes to my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Very much an archetype sort of feel to it. So... Um, DJ talks about being a daddy dom mm-hmm. and how that's different than being a master or another style of dom. And um, Angie talks about being a girl, G-R-R-L, mm-hmm. right? And how that's different than, um, I think she mentions about how that's different than being a little or age play. But um, yeah, it's kind of a neat perspective and how they describe their relationship. So, but it's very much the um, the nurturing adult figure mm-hmm. sort of thing. The daddy dom thing is the nurturing leader, adult figure, you know, whatever, however you want to describe it. So, but a pretty, pretty awesome way they explain yeah. it. Yeah. And, and why should we even keep talking? We can let them explain exactly. So here we still are in the beautiful Utah in the secret lodge where the NLA Utah is having this fantastic retreat. Mm-hmm. We're currently podcasting. Instead of a mobile studio, we are podcasting from our our beautiful room, which is full of couches and stuff. 
heated floor. And a heated floor, which is Dawn's, apparently what I'm getting Dawn for Christmas. <laughs> uh, tonight, though, instead of talking about that, we're going to be talking with DJ and Angie about a daddy-girl relationship. So Angie, DJ, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank, thank you. you for having us. We Bye. actually get a lot of, um, we've done 380-some episodes at this point, and we actually have never covered this topic. So we'll have a lot of people ask us about it, and, and we just haven't. So, but, um, yeah, so thank you. Thanks for being on the, Indeed, thanks for being on the show. Thank so do you, let me start off with this. Is it G-U-R-L or G-I-R-L, or is it baby girl? or For what? me, it's G-R-R-L. G-R-R-L, okay. Um, what led you guys to being in it? Well, let's start even a little back before that. What in the hell is a daddy-girl relationship? At least for you. Uh, it's, it's for us, it is a 24 hour, 24 seven dynamic. Um, he is my protector, my teacher. Um, he's, he's kind of my everything. So, um, I, I feel very, very cared for. And I know in a lot of, uh, you know, DS dynamics, I would be doing all the caring for him, mm-hmm. but ours is a little different. He does a lot of the caring for me. So did you explore other styles of DS and MS first and say, oh, Master Slave doesn't quite fit for us and Dom Sub's not quite ringing our bell? We have a, a percentage of Dom Sub, Dom, <clears throat> Dom sub in us. Um, I've always okay. been a daddy, just my nature. It's just always fit. Um, Master Slave has, has interested me, but it's, it's just not in my range. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> like she said, I'm just more of a uh, caretaker and nurturer. And um, as time goes by, sometimes I wish it was less because I would like to be more firm and strict and more into a a dominant role that I mm-hmm. am, and that's actually something we're trying to work on and find how that fits because I think we know we're both open to that, and it's just trying to find how that works. Okay, and find nice. that dynamic. But we absolutely started as daddy girl from the from the get go. So you already had the verbiage for it. Mm-hmm. So before yes, you got did. into that dynamic, so because mm-hmm. like I know me and Dan, we we didn't have the verbiage. For what we were doing, so so that's nice that that's that's out there. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask the whole because like Dan nurtures me, but I guess it's different. It's just a different level of. I mean, he takes care of me some, but I can see a difference in your dynamic than that, than what we do. And that is weird because you know not to say that doms don't nurture their sons right, right. and masters don't nurture and care for and protect. It is. It's a unexplained different level. Yeah. So, is there a punishment dynamic? If she's a bad girl, do you beat her? <laughs> or it has happened. It has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, things have evolved to where she's been more bratty than okay. a girl, and that is the issue we're we're recognizing now and learning how to address and does, take care of. Does she get? Does she wear a collar? Or is there any symbol of the daddy girl relationship? In a regular master slave, of course, Dawn has her collar. So, is there some symbol for you guys? She does have a collar. Um, we don't. She does not wear it twenty four seven. If we go out of town, 
to other conventions or such, then uh, she will wear it. Um, we just don't, we, it is very important symbol to us, but we, in our everyday, it is not required. Okay. So. Is the, do you have a, is there a daddy girl community? I mean, like on um, FetLife, are there daddy girl yes. groups? and? There are on FetLife, yes, there are. In Utah, it is very rare. Hmm. So what I'm hearing, and, and, and I know daddy-girl um, relationships can mean a couple of different things to different people. So what I'm hearing is, is that it is the, the nurturing, guiding, things like that. For some people, it's purely age play. So does your guys roll into the age play dynamic at all? No. That is where it is completely different. Okay. Hmm. Um, and not a little. Okay. Oh, really? So there is a difference between a little and a, and a girl. Well, right. For me, for you, I'm right. not a little girl, even though I identify as baby girl. I'm uh -huh. his baby girl. Okay. Um, but I do not. I'll act young, but not. There's no age there, and there's no. Yeah, I'm not a little. Okay. Okay. Not, she she is a girl as far as she likes dolls. You know, I I buy her dolls at Christmas, but she does not not in that little mindset. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I always assumed daddy girl involved the age play and a lot realm of do. as well. So and, yeah, that's a good good distinction. So because I'm kind of girly, I like dolls for Christmas, mm -hmm. and I like the color, and yeah. my voice mm -hmm. changes sometimes because it gets girly, and so. But I don't think I'd consider myself a girl, like the way you describe it, G R R L yes. girl, right? So <laughs> huh. I did. I did have an ex that did relate. She had a six year old persona. Right. And it that honestly freaked me out a little bit. It didn't fit for me. Yeah. 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 So. so huh. But And that kinda of, that must be helpful because you can continue, at least for me, that the daddy girl relationship for you guys, if it has a sexual level, who cares? It's right. our, it's part of our intimacy, part of how we express ourselves. Right. That's right. cool. Just I just in the same mindset of uh, Marilyn Monroe used to call her her men daddy. So mm -hmm. it's, but it wasn't a little girl aspect. Mm -hmm. If you look in the old time films. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. How my grandma says, called my grandpa daddy, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure they weren't. Even <laughs> 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 Right. But so it, it's just, uh, yeah. Do you guys have a BDSM relationship as well? Yes. Yes. Does it have anything to do with your daddy girl dynamic or is it just, we're daddy girl, and we happen to be kinky as well. I Ooh. think they're pretty intertwined. Yeah. How so? For example, last night's play scene that we did, and this is, I call it the soft, sensitive side of me, which is my daddy persona, or my daddy, my, my daddiness. <laughs> um, after I beat her and we reached the point of our scene, once I broke her, you know, I almost broke because all of a sudden, at the time that I was beating her and causing her severe pain to break her, at that moment, I almost, you know, I teared up a little and just immediately just wanted to comfort her and hold her. And, That's awesome. And yeah, used to be a lot softer before the year and a half of testosterone. <laughs> I would have cried a lot more and a lot faster last night, but uh, I did tear up last night when she when she broke. Oh, I think that's cool. Actually, that's sweet. Myself. Yeah. Hey. Do you do that? <laughs> no, never. 
Now, now, at the point of your scene last night where you broke that nice paddle, I might have cried a little for that. That's, that was sad. That was a sad part. I'm I think the owner cried it. a little bit inside. Hey. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, uh, one more question for you, if you don't mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. Are there any resources out there for daddy-girl relationships? Hmm. Mm. It is a rarity because, like you said, a lot of people think of the little and the age play daddy-girl relationships. Like on FetLife, mm -hmm. there are a ton of groups that are more little-oriented and yeah. age-play-oriented when you say daddy-girl. Daddy girl. Mm -hmm. There aren't as many like how we live. It, it's just... Yeah. It doesn't... It, it's more authentic than it is a kink for us. Okay. We live it authentically. Right. Rather than being a kink or a group. Yeah. So it is It is a little bit more of a rarity. It's even rare when I see, like, FET profiles. It, it's I see daddies mm -hmm. that, that label themselves as daddies, and they're not particularly looking for a little. Right. Right? That, so the nurturing is inside. You know, that's easier to describe, it seems, than girl. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't see a lot of FET profiles that say girl or, or something like that, mm -hmm. unless they mean little. Right. So, yeah, hmm. I can see where that is. Sort of an yeah. oddity. So, huh. All right. Well, very cool. Thanks for taking some time today. And we've actually, you've actually taught us about a new mm -hmm. style of relationship we're not familiar with. So that's always fantastic. Very much appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, and I think I know that you'll appreciate that I've resisted saying you're a dirty girl. Aren't you? <laughs> dirty, dirty girl. <laughs> So recently on the Erotic Awakening podcast, you've been hearing us talk about The Cage. And in case you haven't had a chance to go out and check out the new website or want to know more about it, why they're bothering and all that kind of stuff, tonight on the podcast, we have Eva. Who, Eva, what is your actual role with The Cage? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. Again. I'm really thrilled to be here. Again, Again. yeah. Yes. But this is your second that, time this, you've been on the show. So, yeah. I know. It's been, it's been many years, though, but, I, but I'm but i a big fan and, and a longtime listener, as oh, they say. And uh, love love the fact that Erotic Awakening is uh, helping us to kind of kick things off at thecage.co. And my role is I'm part of the development and management team uh, at The Cage. So we're not really, un unlike our DS role, we're not very keen on titles, so uh, we're a little bit fluid in, in what we do. But it's me and Asif right now, my partner in this venture, and we're, uh, we're launching the cage together. So I've gotten to know Asif a little bit from uh, just getting some information from him so we could promote it on the podcast. So let me ask you, from your perspective, why bother? I think there are other social media sites out there for kinky people. What, what makes the cage.co different? Well, there are actually not that many social media sites, I think, for kinky people. There are a lot of uh, sort of porn sites. And, you know, we love porn, so nothing against those. And there are some kind of kinky hookup sites, and those are great as well. But I don't think there are uh, very many options for community. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out FetLife, which I know many people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a big fan of FetLife. I've had the opportunity to speak to John a couple of times, and he's a lovely person. I'm a paid premium member of fat life and I know Asif loves fat life as well but we think diversity is really important and uh, we have a lot of different things going on at thecage.co 
and uh, we think it's going to be a nice complement to uh, all the other social media uh, websites and networks out there for kinky people. So as far as what we have to offer at The Cage is uh, we have some really great applications for uh, live interaction. We have a live chat uh, platform in place right now. You can see other people online, which I know a lot of places don't have that option. We're mobile friendly, which is fantastic. Uh, everybody has their tablets these days. We're working on an app. And we have some very nicely developed areas for things like magazines, blogs. You can listen to your favorite podcasts like Erotic Awakening <laughs> on the cage uh, as well. So uh, we've got a bunch of different things. We think it's a really nice compliment if you're kinky, if you're interested in community, networking, socializing, promoting your local groups. This is going to be a really nice compliment to your other online presences. Very cool. Tell me about the development of the mobile site. And like you said, I mean, that's a pretty big deal nowadays, right? You're going to have to, you have to have something that's mobile. Mm. I think mobile's really important. And that was really important to Asif when he was developing the site. Uh, one thing that a lot of people are not going to know just by visiting thecage.co immediately is this is something that has actually been in development for many years, since 2003 in some, in some respects, uh, because Asif has been running an Israeli version of the cage since that time. And you know, 2003 is a long time ago. We predate pretty much everybody in that regard. And he saw the need for an international website and has wanted to do it for a long time. And we hooked up on a professional level and uh, have been working on uh, working on this idea for quite some time. And one of the things that was really important was that, yes, we are going to be mobile friendly. So before we even entered beta testing, that was something that we made sure that uh, was happening. And as I say, an app is coming in the, the near future, hopefully, as well. But... I think so many people are on their phones and on their tablets. It, it's almost imperative that uh, that this sort of thing is going to be mobile friendly. So it's really important to us. Good. Now, I'm poking around on the site right now, and I see some things that do feel familiar, like that I would see on, for example, a FetLife. But there's a couple things here that FetLife is lacking. For example, the blogs, the clearly defined, it's okay, these are the classified areas. I really like that where when you post in a FetLife group, you never know if you're going to get yelled at for posting in the wrong group. So it's nice right. that that's well-defined. Uh, what to you, what do you, what is your favorite part of the cage? Well, uh, one of the things as you, as you say is lacking in some of the other social networking sites for kinksters and, and uh, kinky people is uh, the, the ability to place personal ads. And I'm not going to mention any names, but there have been some kinky websites in the past, and they have been all about hooking up. Sure. And there's there's nothing wrong with hooking up. We love hooking up. It's great to find play partners. Lots of people are poly. That's all cool. But um, I, I understand the reason why some places have steered away from that, because you don't want to just be trolled all the time either. You want to do things like have conversations and be able to blog and all of that without just, especially women being hitting, hit with tons and tons of friend requests and propositions. Every kinky woman has had that experience, I think. Um, so I think we've incorporated that in, in a very controlled way. You can block people very easily. Uh, you can manage who is allowed to contact you and who isn't. And we've also put a lot of emphasis on self-expression, things like the blogs, the magazines, the podcasts, all of that. Uh, so it's, I think, a nice balance between 
you know, having some kinky fun. And if you are in the market for some play or maybe something more serious, that option is there. But we have some uh, focus on community and self-expression as well. Very cool. I see that um, as I'm poking around, I see that the Pagist already has started. And they kind of like they started their own blog. Is it that easy just to create your own blog on the cage? It really is. And that to me is one of the most fun things of, uh, about the about the cage is that you can just open up a window. The, the infrastructure is there for you and you can just uh, start writing. You can share your fiction. You can do an opinion piece. Uh, you can share maybe if you've written something for, you know, a, a memory that you've had from an experience, advice to people, anything. It's really all about community participation, getting different thoughts, different ideas out there. And the more participation the better. And there's also the option for people to comment on what you've written and exchange comments back and forth and get conversations going. So it's it's all about interaction, learning from each other and, and having some fun. Very neat. Uh, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. What is it when you people when somebody goes to, to the cage and right now there's not a whole lot of content. It's new. And, and that's one of the things that I tell people. Go check. Go. If you go in now, you get the username you want instead of, right. you know, Dan four, seven, two, one, nine, that you're going to get three months from now. That's um, right. What is the thing that, you know, you tell people you should go there now. I understand there's not a lot of content yet, but go ahead and get involved now. What's the benefit of getting involved in the ground floor as it is? Well, I'm really glad you brought that up, Dan, because we are in beta testing. So we haven't formally completely launched the site yet. What we're looking for right now is to get feedback from people for uh, the community to tell us what they want to see, what they would like to have changed, um, what they've been looking for maybe. So if you have been on other social media websites for kinky people and are feel like something is lacking, uh, this is a chance to have some input. Uh, right now, as you say, you can also get the username that you want. It's completely free. All aspects of the website are completely free. Uh, that's not going to be the case in the future. There will be some premium content later on down the road. And there's, you know, bragging rights to, about being among the very first of what I think is going to be a really exciting community of you know people from all over the world and uh, I, I think people are going to be really excited about, about it we're very passionate about it and uh, I, I I really hope that people will get involved and tell us what they want to see and, and help us guide things along the way and and uh, be there for the launch very cool and and I said one more thing but then I found the BDSM podcast section and not only am I seeing podcasts from the erotic awakening podcast network which is awesome, but also uh, a couple I've never heard of before, the Perverted Podcast. Here's one from Germany. Here's a uh, – oh, I didn't know that uh, Grey Night Erotica was still around. So that's really cool too. It's a really neat opportunity to see a bunch of podcasts I didn't even know still existed out there. Well, we're hoping people can discover new things. And also, you know, if you have a podcast or uh, a book or anything that you want to share, please do uh, let us know at the cage. Get your account started. You can uh, contact the staff there. You can contact me or Asif. Uh, we're on all the time. Let us know what you want to see. We'd love to see other people like yourself, uh, Dan, who are very passionate. You guys have been doing this for a long time. And, uh, you know, I know nobody's getting rich doing this. Uh, you're doing it because you care and you're interested. And uh, we'd love to see more people like that getting involved with thecage.co. And, um, yeah, tell us what you want to see if you're doing something, if you have a project, if you have a website that you want to get represented 
give us give us a shout. We'd love to we'd love to see you involved. Fantastic. And how do people uh, do that? How do they reach out once they if they see something? Do they look for you online specifically? Is there a feedback mechanism? They can they can contact me um, on the cage. I'm Evangeline. Uh, pretty easy to find because as you say, we're just starting out. We're just beginning to spread the word. You can also email us at info at the cage.co. We are also on Twitter. So you can tweet me on Twitter. Uh, uh, we're the cage.co as well on Twitter. And uh, yeah, just reach out to myself or Asif and we'd be thrilled to hear from you. See you on the website and uh, hear what you have to say about everything. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan.